Hey, podcasters, welcome back to another episode of Improper Mimi. This is your host, Mimi Jacks, and we welcome you where we're going to talk about women and how we can empower ourselves at home, work, and play. Today, I have a guest with me, Miss Melanie Morris. And Melanie is a friend of mine that we have known for a long time. And we have been riding bikes together for a long time. And Melanie actually got me into it for um, a good portion of my time in Boston. So I'd like to just thank you, Melanie, for coming on today and and being with us on the show. (laughs) Awesome, Mimi. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me and thank you for uh, inviting me. I'm honored to be here. And uh, I love empowering women and I love cycling. So let, let's talk about it. Let's definitely talk about it. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Oh. Well, first, why don't we yeah, let you introduce yourself to the people. Tell us a little bit about what you do and how is it that you came to loving cycling so much? All right, so I'm Melanie Morris, and I am the founder and leader of the Yellow Jacket Cycling Club. Uh, I initially founded the group in Rochester, New York. Uh, As a child, I always loved to ride bikes. I was always on my bike, and I grew up in the time with, you know, no helmet, no hands. I just ride Mm -hmm. for miles and miles and miles straight down, no helmet, no hands. You know, you fall, you scrape up a knee, you get up, you get back on, and just continue riding. And then, of course, you know, then you start driving and I went to college, you're still driving. And after college, there was uh, uh, and this is all in Rochester, New York. There was a friend Mm -hmm. of mine, one of my girlfriends, Mimi, who Mm -hmm. she said, you know, there's this uh, writing group, you know, they they raise money for the Science Center. Uh, You know, we come, we pay maybe 60 bucks or something. We ride with a ride leader every Tuesday night for about Mm -hmm. two hours. And I was like, wow, that sounds fun. So I joined the group. And uh, when I joined, I had this, I swear that thing weighed 50 pounds, this 50 pound (laughs) huffy bike. (laughs) Uh You know, the fat tires, a really, really heavy bike. And I love, I just fell in love with riding again. Mm -hmm. So um, as I continued to ride with this group, there was uh, this guy, I'll never forget him. His name Mm -hmm. was uh, Eddie Lopez. And we were going up the hill. And Eddie Lopez had on, you know, he had the matching jersey, the matching shorts. This is before I understood any of that stuff. (laughs) He had the matching gloves and the matching tires. And I was like, wow, this guy's really decked out. And we're going up the hill and I'm pretty much even with Eddie. And I'm like, (laughs) Eddie's looking over at me. He's like, you know, you're on the 50 pound Huffy. And I'm looking over at Eddie like, well, you're on, you know, the the 10 pound uh, Eddie Merckx or whatever he was riding. (laughs) And uh, so we pretty much both got up to the hill, both got to the top of the hill about the same time. And, and, you know, he, he stopped. He says, you know, you're really a good rider. If you went and bought a real bike, you'd really be dangerous. And I was like... (laughs) what is Eddie Merckx talking about? Right, so right. Within, I don't know, maybe a week or two, I went to the bike shop. Mm-hmm. And then I came back the next week and I told Eddie, I said, I am not paying a thousand dollars for a bike. Are you crazy? Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know, shortly thereafter, I wouldn't actually pay $1,500 for a bike. And I just never, uh-huh. I never looked back. That was the start of my cycling career. So that's how I actually got into it. 
Oh man, yeah. Um, as you as you probably know, as we all know, you know, cycling's uh, and as many sports are, it's not diverse. So uh, mm-hmm. as I went to these rides, you know, I was always the only black person or a person of a color or me and whomever I invited. You know, me, I'm always inviting somebody. Let's go on a bike ride. Let's go on a bike ride. Yeah. So I said, you know what? I know we have bikes. I said, mm-hmm. I'm going to start my own group. So I just started asking uh, friends. I said, you know, hey, if I organize bike rides, will you come to a ride? And they were like, yes, yes, yes. Everybody said yes. So yeah. I started collecting emails. You know, it was five people. Then it was 10. And then it was 50. And then it was 100. <laughs> and then it grew to like 400 names. All those people did not come on bike rides. Let me clarify that. Oh, but, I know, know they, how that works. Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. So, you know, they want to be on the list. <laughs> they may come out. They may not come out. And I would also like summarize the writings and, uh, you know, just share funny stories about what happened on the ride. And some of people yeah. say, you know what, we just we just want to hear the stories. You know, we like your writing. <laughs> and maybe we'll come out, but don't take my name off the list. <laughs> yeah, I know, because you do have a great way with people and with words, you know. So the stories you tell and the way that you get us to do things, you know, so... <laughs> I mean, anybody who's ridden with Melanie will probably tell you at some point, but there was some hill or some obstacle or something that we just did not think that we could achieve. And she's like, oh yeah, you can, you know, just come on. It's just right up the hill or, you know, just push a little further or like, you know, it's just right around the bend. We're almost there. And next thing you know, you just finished a century or... I love that. I love to, uh, you know, people think, oh, I can't do it. And one of my key, I'm going to give away one of my secrets here. So if you're mm. listening to this podcast, do not tell my secret, okay? Uh, because what people will do is they'll say, so I started, I started the beginner group. And then uh, I also branched off into an intermediate group or a faster group. So yeah. for my beginner rides, people would always ask, well, you know, how far are you going to ride? How long, how far are you going to ride? And I said, oh, it's just two hours. <laughs> Because uh-huh. when you tell people, you know, the ride is 17 or 20 miles, they're not going to show up. But if you right. tell them the ride is two hours, they will show up. And I say, oh, two hours with breaks, mm-hmm. and uh, ride slow. If you need a break, we're going to stop for you. It's not a problem. Uh, and then they come out. And then, you know, at the end of the ride, I say, hey, you know what? You rode 17 or 20 miles. And they're like, what? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, one, and one ride, I did that. And yeah, it. And you feel so good to know that you could do that. And then it's like, you know what? I could do that again. You know, let me come out with the group, you know, next week and, and do it all over again. Yeah. I, I had, uh, this was in Boston. So then I moved to Boston. I started chapter two in Boston. Mm-hmm. And uh, I many stories that I remember, but one of my stories, this is my barometer. There was one young lady that came out. She had just learned how to ride a bike two weeks before she came to my oh. ride. And she mm-hmm. completed my beginner ride. So for anybody who complains, I'm like, no, 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 no. Let me tell you. Let me tell you about <laughs> such and such. Let me tell you about Michelle. <laughs> Not you, Michelle. Another Michelle. Uh-huh. I just made up a name. But so, yeah, no, you can make it up the hill. And a lot of, yeah. a lot of times, you know, I struggled too when I first started, got back into riding. And somebody yeah. was there to say, you know what, you can. This is how you get up a hill or you can do it and you can do it. And by the time it got to the top, I was like, wow, that wasn't that bad. Yeah. And that's one of the things that I really remember too, about, you know, the times that we rode in together in Boston, because now that I've been in New York, I've been in New York for five, going on six years. Is this going on six years? I think it might be going on six years. Time goes by so fast. But um, when we were riding in Boston at first, 
you know, like you say, we write as a child, great fun. And then you kind of, you know, go to college, you know, you go, your life happens, you kind of fall out a bit. But then I remember my dad was beginning to, to write. He wanted to ride like halfway across the country from like Indiana to Boston, right? And I was like, oh man, we, we need to like prep for this. And so I started writing with him. And so he finished his ride. It was successful. Good job, dad. Um, but then I enjoyed the times that we were riding out together so that I'm like, I want to get back into riding. So then I, I think Mahalia probably connected us. I think maybe. Yes. And, um, and then I started coming out for the rides and I was like, okay, this is fun. But beyond just having fun and having a group of other like-minded cyclists and beginners and whatever level we were at riding, you also taught us a lot, you know, like, like you say, how to get up a hill, um, how to pace yourself, you know, um, how not to bonk, you know, because I know I've done that a few times where you just don't have any more energy to keep going, you know, you kind of just like, uh. <laughs> absolutely. And those are things I enjoy doing just, you know, I, I enjoy the overall cycling package. And, you know, as you were just saying, Mimi is, mm. uh, you know, teaching just starting from the basics. You know, yeah. you can do this, you know, and you need to uh, pro how to properly fuel, you know, mm -hmm. do not come to the ride, not having eaten anything <laughs> or, you know, bring your liquids and bring your electrolytes. And mm -hmm. when you when you have the total package or when you understand that total package, you can mm -hmm. it can really be a great sport. And I remember, yes, Mahalia definitely introduced us because when I moved to Boston, I knew one person when I started grad school here. Oh, so wow. and then when I started the bike group, I may have known 10 people. And then those 10 people started telling other people and those 10 people started telling other people and Mahalia told you, and then you got on mm -hmm. my email list. And uh, that's even now, that's how I pretty much recruit people. I ask yeah. my cyclists to uh, tell other people and you know how I roll Mimi, if we're out riding and I see another black person on a bike or a person of color, that's <laughs> exactly. right. Hey, do you ride? <laughs> Can I get your email address? <laughs> right. Be like, Ooh, nice kid. Nice bike. What's your name? <laughs> I get, I get that question often is, you know, where do mm -hmm. you, where do you find people uh, to make your group so diverse? And I tell people, you know, you've got to yeah. go uh, you have to go to the people. If you see somebody, mm -hmm. don't be shy. Just say, Hey, you know, do you ride a bike? Yeah. Uh, and there was last year I recruited so many people, even I know in the midst of COVID, mm -hmm. just people that uh, that were route riding and I'd flag them down. Or if I'm driving, I'll chase you down. <laughs> True like, story. Right? <laughs> I'll chase you down if I'm driving my SUV or if I'm riding, I'll flag you down. And okay. last summer there was uh, one gentleman, he was actually walking in Newton. Mm -hmm. And I just, you know, Tony and I were riding. Tony's one of my riding partners here, my morning ride riding partner. We're good because yeah. he lives in, in Brookline. So that's right. You met Tony. So mm -hmm, he's just, yeah. we're just like two miles away. So it's great for our, you know, 6.30, 7 a.m. rides. And we were riding one Saturday and this black guy was just walking in new. And I was like, hey, yelling across traffic. <laughs> Do you ride a bike? <laughs> and he says, you know what? I just finished a 20 mile bike ride. And I was oh, wow. like, oh, yeah. So he like ran across the street and I got his email and he actually ended up coming uh, to several rides with us. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I, and I love even some of the routes because every now and then, like when I come back to Boston, you know, I, I love that uh, situate route, you know, where we get to go ride by the water. Or we start in Rockland, you know, um, 
And it just kind of gives you like a sense of peace, you know, like, okay, I ride in New York and a lot of people are like, oh my God, you're crazy. You're riding in the street. And I'm like, why do you do that to yourself? And I'm like, it's great. It's a great way to get around. You know, it's a great way to, to, to get to know the city. This is kind of how I got to know the, the streets, the neighborhoods, you know, and meet with different people too, because that's one of the first things I did when I got here. I was like, uh, let me see what kind of bike groups there are, you know, you know, ride with other black cyclists, ride with groups in Prospect Park, ride with um, Brooklyn Bike Crew was one of the rides that, you know, I jumped into and, um, and they did fun rides. Like Melanie always wouldn't let us sometimes stop for food, but... <laughs> Like we can stop for snacks. Let me talk you know? about that. Okay, let me talk about that. Let me defend myself, people. Let me defend myself. <laughs> yeah. So I just personally, I, I, when I eat or stop for snacks in the middle of the ride, that just ruins it for me. I do not uh-huh. want to ride home. So uh, if you've been on a ride, you know, we'll stop for a little <laughs> bathroom break. You know, you can get a little water. You can get some electrolytes. We're gonna be rolling shortly after that. <laughs> And I'm like, can we stop for pancakes? And Melanie's like, what? She's like, no. <laughs> Speaking of, there's a funny story. We were riding, we were riding the um, oh shoot, the Dover route. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where we stopped at that general store. And Isla was with us. I don't know. Do you remember Isla? Did you ever meet yes, Isla? You yes, yes, because because she moved to New York. And so we met up in New York. We didn't go bike riding, oh. but we had we went we had got oh. some dinner one time. Yeah. Oh nice, nice. Okay. <laughs> Cause I think when you were here, I think she had just moved to New York and then maybe you would just yeah. come on. So anyhow, so we stop at the general store and Isla goes up in the restaurant. Now we this is a bathroom <laughs> quick snack break. She mm. goes up in there and comes out with like a full course late breakfast. <laughs> and I, I'm looking at her like, like Isla, what is that? Isla, what's up, girl? <laughs> she was like, look, I got to eat. I got to eat. <laughs> we'll see. And see, maybe, maybe we could do like a compromise. Like if we plan to go to a destination and eat and then, you know, and maybe just have a light. You could just have something light. I can't you know? wait what we can do is we can start at the eating destination. We can go do the ride. And then when we come back, we can eat all and we then eat. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've done miles like, so when I moved to New York, you know, I, I, I linked up with um, one of the cycling groups here that does like long distance. And because I did, I did the ride in Jamaica. I, um, I think that was 2017. And so I was like, all right, I'm going to go ride in Jamaica for like three days, like 50, 60 miles every day. And then I'm like, I need to train, you know, like, let me train for this. So then I I joined the group and, you know, started doing rides with them. And yeah, they would ride, you know, maybe from New York to Nyack or um, to like um, some of the other suburbs, you know, like outside of New York, you know, so going over the George Washington Bridge, going up or going through the Bronx, you know, to to get out of the city. And um, but we would stop, you know, for lunch or, you know, stop. And then I'm like, okay, let me go in the grocery store and get like a snack or something and then get ready to head back. So, you know, I've kind of grown accustomed to those destination rides where even uh, with the Brooklyn bike crew, we rode over to New Jersey for pancakes at this, I think it was Brownstone factory or Brook, you know, something like that. So good. So delicious. So how did you feel? How'd you feel about getting on the bike after stuffing your belly with pancakes? (laughs) 
pancakes and sausage and hot <laughs> chocolate. Mind you, that was like one of the coldest days ever. It's like we're out there biking and it was freezing. You know, I, but see, even when I eat, I don't really eat to get full. You know, like oh, okay. I took I took half of it back with me. You know, okay. like it was a, right. a huge pancake wrapped with a whole bunch of stuff. Okay. I took half of it back with me. Um, but yeah, see, yeah, yeah. See, I'm greedy, so. <laughs> 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 like, you wouldn't be able to back? stop yourself yeah you're like, hey, it's like who you want me to eat half a pancake no no <laughs> who does that who does that no uh oh, but you know you God. did mention one thing let me uh share with everyone that uh, Mimi and her dad were my only father-daughter duo actually they were my oh. first father-daughter duo and my mm-hmm. only father-daughter duo while she lived in Boston uh, yeah. As of last year, I did uh, recruit a second father-daughter duo from my uh, cycling spin class, and mm-hmm. they started coming out last year. And I was like, "Oh, this reminds me of Mimi and her dad." <laughs> oh, I love, so I sweet. love, yeah, I do. I love father-daughter duos. It's just, you know, it's yeah. just. I think it's just so special as adult women when mm-hmm. you're able to uh, do something so precious with your father. Uh, yeah. you know, I, I lost my father uh, back in college, so. Uh, I didn't mm-hmm. have this opportunity, never had the opportunity. So I just, whenever I, I see the father-daughter daughter duel, it always puts a smile on my face. Oh, that is so sweet. Yeah, it you know, and it is, you know, because even as we get older, you know, we, we think of ways that we can bond, you know, with our parents or with our family or something. And that actually turned out to be something. It's actually cycling and golf. You know, he taught me how to golf as well. Oh. And so like, you know, when I was, sometimes when I come to visit, we either go biking or we go golfing and he's always on the golf course. So <laughs> nice, nice. Well, yeah. um, please tell dad that I will be, let me just tell him myself. Yes. Cause you know, he's going to listen to exactly. this. Exactly. He's going to listen. <laughs> All right, Mr. Leslie. That's right, Mr. Leslie. I'm going to be expecting to see you on a yellow jacket ride this year at some point. Mm-hmm. Okay. We'll get him like get back in shape, get on that bike, and we're, we'll come out for one of your beginner rides so we can like show everybody else how to do it. You know, Ex- absolutely. <laughs> and again, you don't even have to be in shape. Come to my Sunday on my Sunday rides. Let me just talk about my rides on my Sunday rides. Anybody yeah. can come. Any bike, anybody can come. We usually when I haven't started yet, but when I do start, we usually leave around Sundays uh, at four o'clock from somewhere in Brookline, usually Coolidge Corner area here mm-hmm. in Boston, and we'll ride for two hours. <laughs> you and never we'll, know where you may go <laughs> there's some nice quaint neighborhoods and we'll bring you back mm-hmm. and if you're a more experienced rider on saturday mornings uh usually i like, I like to be on the bike by 8 30 mm-hmm. uh, we're on the bike riding some you know and i will say this in covid i did cut the miles down because uh you oh, know wow. a lot of places have closed their restrooms Oh, a lot true. of the places that we normally stopped and even that general store that I mentioned where Isla was, there's a gas station mm-hmm. next door. And that was one of our major pit stops. And they said, you know, restrooms closed. So yeah. last year during COVID, I did cut the miles down to probably under 40 or maybe mm-hmm. even under 50. There was uh, maybe one, one or two exceptions where I went over 50, but usually the yeah. Saturday rides are um, under, under 40, under 50 miles. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, it, it really, and the more you do it, you know, the more you build that endurance, you know, and I think that was one thing that I was really proud of. Um, Cause yeah. Cause whenever Melanie would say, let's go for a ride. I'm like, okay, yep, I'll go. Like, 
I'm Wait, up for me, anything. Let me I'm tell down. y'all. I say, Mimi, we're going to ride to the moon today. She say, okay, I'm game. <laughs> like, what time do you want to meet up? Okay, let's go. <laughs> she was definitely, when she was in Boston, she was definitely my ride or die. It, whatever I said, she was always down for. And you, I was just so happy with your progress, Mimi. Uh, oh, and to yeah. watch you and others, there's somebody else now that I, that I've that's on my radar that I'm watching to start mm-hmm. from, you know, as with an older bike like I had. And then I remember when yeah. you upgraded your bike uh, with this bike shop here around the corner from me. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you started Max. doing right, the right. And then you started doing longer <laughs> rides. And it's always beautiful to see the progression. And I'd probably say in my cycling career, there's probably been about 20 people or so who, mm-hmm. you know, were just straight out beginners. Some people mm-hmm. were even more of a beginner than you were when you came out. Oh, wow. You know, they graduated to riding across the state or, you know, mm-hmm. riding these five, 600 mile rides. And that, that always warms my heart. So your progress, yeah. I mean, you caught on really quick and you can tell you loved it. And oh, that yeah. always warms my heart to find somebody or to introduce biking to somebody and they actually end up falling in love with it. Yeah. And, and it is such a great activity, such a great sport, such a great challenge for me. It's like a challenge to myself, you know, like, oh, I know I could do this, you know, just keep pushing and, and get through, you know, make it up that mountain. I still haven't. So right now, part of I, you know, a lot of people go up to Bear Mountain and it has, I don't know, maybe it's a 4% or it has like a really steep, steep incline, you know, mm-hmm. um, and you get all the way up to the top. I haven't made it up. I haven't gotten there yet to even try to make it up to the top but it is a on my list of things to do that I you know that's one thing Love that it. I want to try to achieve um and also ride my bike to a winery so you know <laughs> I think I don't think there's anything wrong with because again I wouldn't go to a winery to get drunk yeah. I would just go to a winery I have like a glass or two or maybe sure. a tasting, have like a little meal, relax, and then be like okay let's go back <laughs> I love it awesome let me know let me know how it goes yeah, definitely. I'll keep yeah. you posted. <laughs> definitely, definitely keep me posted. Uh, I'm just going to yeah. share. Um, unfortunately, this year I lost one of my uh, main cyclists from back in Rochester, oh. and I just want to share a couple of a funny story about him. His name was Nate. And mm-hmm. he was my ride or die in Rochester. I mean, wherever, we were always together on the bike and uh, mm-hmm. just a wonderful, wonderful guy. He also ended up being, well, actually, I should tell you how I met him initially. He ended up being uh, my mom's handyman for, you know, he fi- he could fix anything, <laughs> fix our cars, fix stuff around the house. And then he was mm-hmm. my biking partner. And we were in the gym one day and I had never seen him before. So uh, he came over to me and he, I was getting ready to leave and he said, hey, you know, what's your name? And he had this Virginia <laughs> drawl, the Southern accent. Yeah, uh-huh. like, Granola. Uh. He said, what's your last name? <laughs> I was like, Bar. And I ran, <laughs> I ran out of the gym and went home. <laughs> like, why, is this, why is this man coming up to me asking me what my name is? Uh-huh. <laughs> so I saw him the next day. I came back to the gym the next day. He said, why'd you tell me your name was Granola Bar? <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, okay, this guy seems like he's cool. So I gave him my real name. And then, you know, we exchanged information and then we ended up riding Mm -hmm. together. And then we learned he could fix stuff. But on the bike, oh my gosh, wherever I went, he was always there. And he was, he was very comical. He's Mm -hmm. the guy that came to the ride that always got lost. It's like, oh, oh, where's Nate? (laughs) 
Like, y'all, what? <laughs> Who's watching Nate today? <laughs> right. Why, why is he out front when he doesn't know where he's going? Don't follow but, him. <laughs> right, exactly. And I would tell some people when they came to the ride, do not follow him, okay? If you follow him, you're following him on your own because sometimes he gets lost. But uh, the day he came to the ride with a full-size golf club duct taped to the top bar of his oh, bike. Oh, my goodness. And we come, he comes to the ride, and I'm like, why are you embarrassing me? What, what is that golf club for? What is going on, girl? Oh, like, no. What is going on? He was like, well, yesterday I was riding alone, and some dogs chased me. He said, <laughs> he said, I just, all I could hear was like a, their little feet, there's little, their little feet just running through, running through the high grass and they almost got me. They almost got me. Oh my goodness. <laughs> he said, I hear that. He said, I just stepped on those pedals and he said, if they come at me again, I'm ready for them. I'm ready like, for them. I was oh like, my oh my goodness. gosh. <laughs> He's like, I got my own defense mechanism. I'm exactly. going to bring my own club. And he had a duct tape where he could get it out really quick. And so it wasn't like it was, you know, tightly duct taped to the bite. It would stay yeah. in position, but he could get it out quickly. Oh my so goodness. just wanted to give him a shout out. We also, there was another ride. Uh, we actually invited him as a guest to a ride I was going on. And um, yeah. he started off. So there were two groups, a slower group and the faster group. And back then I was, you know, I knew I was in the slow group category, but, you know, he thought he was in the fast group category and got dropped, Uh-oh. Uh, <laughs> got dropped. The group left him. So he's meandering around trying to figure out how to get back. And so when I when we all got back, the slower group mm-hmm. and then the faster group came in and I was like, where's my friend Nate? They're like, we don't know. We thought he was with you. And I was like, no, I left him with you. Yeah. So this was, uh, we're in this really affluent area in New York with, you know, I guess, I don't know, the houses are so expensive that they don't invest in streetlights. I'm like, you know, you all pay taxes. You all need some streetlights out here. (laughs) I should have to meander. If anybody comes out of me, I'm just hitting them. It is so dark back there. Mm-hmm. And it was the ride ended about eight o'clock and it was about 10 o'clock by the time he actually found his way back. And I was oh just like, oh. oh, my goodness. Like, oh, my God. You. I don't know what I'm going to do with you. I don't know what I'm going to do with you. I'm not bringing you back to any more rides. So uh, unfortunately, uh, he was sick. Mm. He got sick um, last year and uh, he lost his battle. Oh, and I uh, just want to give him a shout out. He was my ride or die. And uh, we, we will miss you dearly, Nate. And uh, pretty much almost similar to you, Mimi, every ride mm-hmm. that I did in Rochester, he was there. He was there with me. Ready to roll out anytime. <laughs> <laughs> those are yeah those are such special memories because i know that every every time we go out you're really kind of riding and talking you know some some groups that you ride with they don't really talk you know so it, it's it's really interesting and it's and i really appreciate that part that we get to chat with each other we get to catch up and hey you know it's also a good sign that we're not overexerting ourselves because we can actually breathe and talk and keep up with each other and learn how to ride somebody's wheel so they'll be like i can remember you telling me um just stay on my wheel just stay on my wheel and i'm like i'm trying but you guys are going so fast and then when i would finally catch up with you guys then it's ready to go off and i'm like okay let's go <laughs> sure we didn't give you a break mimi I don't, sure? I think I got like two breaths and then we were gone. <laughs> yeah. 
y'all. That's that's not how I remember the story, y'all. Usually, when the last person <laughs> comes in, I usually give them a reprieve for a few minutes. So we minutes. we uh, we we differ. We differ on that version <laughs> of the story. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. But yeah, I mean, just it's just so encouraging to know that. Okay. Yes, we achieved this. And I use I even use some of your lines too with other people now, like when they're learning to ride and they're getting their distance and everything. I'm like, well, if you could do 25 miles, you could do 50. And if you could do 50 miles, then you could do 100. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, mm -hmm. Encourage them to keep pushing themselves to go further and further. <laughs> awesome. Well, I'm glad that uh, you are using some of my lines. And I guess mm -hmm. one of my favorite lines is, um, what is it about hills? I love hills. I love hills. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Give me another hill. <laughs> you chant. I hills, love hills build character. Hills yeah, build character. Yeah. That's what it is. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> hills build character. That's what I would tell my cyclists. Hills build character, and they're like, "What? We can't. We're we're struggling. You're talking about building character. Like, just just mm -hmm. come on. You can just do it." But yeah, and that's one thing I just love about uh, my cycling group. About me, I love people, and I love encouraging yeah. people and riders to, especially those who think they cannot do uh, yeah. this ride or a ride and you know they get to the end of the ride and they feel fantastic it's like wow this is yeah. really fun and the other thing I kind of pat myself on the back for is uh, <laughs> there have come people a few people have said you know they used to ride alone all the time and after coming to the oh, yellow yeah. jacket rides Tracy is one of the people that says that Tracy Wexton mm -hmm. she says you know I don't I don't want to ride alone anymore because <laughs> it's just so much fun why would I ride alone yeah like who else if you're riding by yourself who you, who else can you blame for getting lost you know <laughs> You can always point to someone, well, I was just following him. And then that's why we got lost. We got off track or whatever. Um, but yeah, and it, and it even helps, you know, to drive you, to encourage you to try to ride better and and further or faster or even with a, a cadence, you know, so that you could keep, you know, a nice rhythm and, and be able to go further and faster and um, not burn out, you know. So those are some of the important parts of it. Right. And you mentioned something earlier, too. Every ride, every ride one does um, leads to a better ride the next time. So even if you've mm -hmm. only done one ride, your next ride is going to be better and your third ride is going to be even better. So all of it yeah. adds on. You, you've got muscle memory in your legs um, mm -hmm. and it all matters. It all matters. So really, by the time you're on your fifth, sixth or tenth ride, you're going to see improvement <laughs> because mm -hmm. every ride matters. Every ride matters. It definitely does. I tell people, I'm like, I feel like I could probably just jump on the bike and go 50 miles. Like, yeah, 50 miles is nothing. They're like, wow, 50 miles. I'm like, yeah, sure. Like your body just kind of remembers like, okay, you're going to pace yourself. You're going to get through this. Now the hundred miles, I might have to, you know, like build myself back up to again, you know, if I'm going to do another century. <laughs> Speaking of century, uh, Mimi, I remember your first century. Mm, mm -hmm. That was the uh, Robin ride for kids, right? Remember yeah. your dad, your mom, your whole family was at the finish line. You had a new niece at the time. Yeah, that little, my little baby Brooke. Yeah, that little baby. <laughs> she was so beautiful. How old is she now? She's seven now. She's about to be eight this year. Wow. So that was about seven years, seven, eight years ago. Yeah, yeah. And now look at me. And then I remember one time I went down to, um, I also hooked up with the, um, the Black Girls Do Bike in New York. And they had like a national bike ride or whatever in Atlanta. So I'm like, okay, yeah. You know, we went down, we had a group go to Atlanta and it was hella hot and not just hot, 
but it was humid. I realize I do not do well in humidity on this ride. Yes. So I literally, I was like about to pass out from exhaustion, from like heat exhaustion. And my dad was there and he was also doing the ride, but we had separated on paths. I think maybe he was doing 75 and I was doing the hundred miles. And um, so he could hear them on the radio. Like, yeah, we're here with a woman and, you know, she's um, suffering from heat exhaustion. You know, we may have to like call the the paramedics or whatever. And they're like, they're, they were trying to, you know, give me like, um, you know, I, ice pack on my neck and everything. And I couldn't even eat like a peanut butter jelly sandwich. I was like, just give me the side with the jelly. (laughs) And I like basically had my head between my legs and, you know, just an ice cloth on me to cool my body down. But my dad happened to be next to the guys with the radio. And he's like, oh yeah, they really need to, you know, go help that young lady and, you know, like take care of her because, you know, heat exhaustion can be serious. And, um, And eventually, you know, I started to feel better. Like you just feel all kind of like cramps and horrible and uh, it's just the worst thing ever. Um, But I finished the ride. I mean, they had to give me, uh, you know me, I wanted to finish the ride. I'm like, I'm going to get back on the bike. And I'm, cause I only had like maybe 20 miles left. And they're like, why don't we drive you about five, 10 miles? And then you could go in the last 10 miles. You know, they like, we just want to be sure you're okay. So I basically did like 90 miles, but I still went over the finish line. I still was able to finish. But after that, I was like, okay, I definitely need two water bottles. One is just plain water in case I just need to pour it over my body just to cool my body down. And the other has the electrolytes and everything where you can, you know, kind of pump yourself back up, have a little bit of mustard packs in my (laughs) my pocket. But yeah, that was like, I literally was like, I can't believe, you know, it was, it was just, yeah, it was crazy. Wow. I don't think I, I don't think I remember that story, Mimi, but yeah, you do have to be careful. Um, You know, if it's really hot, it's almost, you know, it's almost like running a marathon in really hot weather or cycling in really, really, really hot weather, really humid weather. You always have to listen to your body. And I'm glad that you, that you stopped at some point and said, Hey, you know what? I need help because, um, you know, when you get that heat exhaustion in your body, bad things can happen. Yeah. Yeah. I I remember feeling like, huh, I've never felt like this before. And you're drinking water and I'm like, this water is not helping me. It's just like a brick in my stomach. I'm like, what is going on? So yeah. Yeah. But I survived and, you know, I'll probably put a little clip in there of me and dad at the end of the race. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> nice. And, you know, one thing to also remember for, you know, any of your listeners out there, if you're going to do, if you know, you're, it's going to be really hot the next day, mm-hmm. uh, a day or even two days before you should really start drinking a gallon or two gallons of water per day. Mm-hmm. Cause that's going to, that's going to help you um, on, on ride day. So definitely two gallons the day before, and maybe even yeah. the day before that, at least a gallon of water, because all yeah. of that, all of that helps, uh, uh, to keep your body hydrated. Not to say mm-hmm. that what happened to you would not have happened, but that may also kind of uh, ward it off. Yeah, yeah. I remember another thing you used to say too is like, drink till you pee. <laughs> if you're not, if you're not, you're not peeing, peeing, if you don't got to go to the bathroom, you're That's not right. drinking enough water. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I had one of my riders last summer. I was like, do you ever pee? 
<laughs> like, what is going on? We're all right. going to pee. It's like, nope, nope. It's like, oh my goodness, are you drinking enough? <laughs> right? Yeah. Sometimes it's, you know, you may not want to use a porta potty, you know, but um, other times, you know, yeah, you, you, yeah. you got to drink, you got to let it out. Yeah. You know, your body is getting enough fluids and nutrition. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. And you know what? As a cyclist, sometimes that porta potty looks great. <laughs> Yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Nobody likes a porta potty, but you know what? Every now and then, uh, we love to ride. And oh my gosh, like, oh, there's yes. a porta potty. Let's use it. Mm-hmm. I remember one time I was biking alone in Pennsylvania because I used to travel for work, and you know, yeah. And and there was some of those back roads where I was like, maybe I shouldn't be a black woman alone on these back roads, but. Um, I, there was no bathroom. I didn't see anything in sight. I was like, I'm going to have to go off road into these little bushes. And I was like, what if there's ticks in these bushes? So I'm like scared looking around, but I had to go to the bathroom. So I just went off to the road, did my thing, looked around, got on my bike and kept on going. (laughs) Mimi, why were you riding in desolate areas by yourself? Well, you know, I, you know, Mimi did not learn this from the yellow jacket. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Mimi has gone rogue. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think I'm pretty sure I have a list of things of what not to do. Okay. <laughs> Mimi has gone rogue. She did not learn that from the yellow jackets. That's one thing I, I clearly say, especially in unknown, you're you're on business yeah. in, in mm-hmm. Pennsylvania in a state you're not familiar with and you're writing. Uh, but yeah, also, you know, I do want to uh, tell you that I do we think that's how one of my friends caught Lyme disease. Oh, she ended gosh. up going to the bathroom in a yeah. desolate area because there were no bathrooms. She said yeah. that is the only way. She said that's mm-hmm. the only thing that she could remember, uh, mm-hmm. only reason that she could have caught Lyme disease. And she she was sick for years. It probably took oh. two, three, three, a good three, four years to really start wow. feeling like herself. So if any of yeah. your listeners are out there, be careful. Um, you yeah. know, be careful. Clearly, if it's your last resort, sometimes it's just your last resort, but uh, mm-hmm. you do want to be careful with that. Yeah, that's one thing those guys have, you know, they could just stand and go to the bathroom. We actually have to like <laughs> conceal ourselves appropriately. <laughs> guys get it easy, you know, they don't have to have children, they don't have to deal oh. with the monthly, they can just whip it mm-hmm. out. <laughs> <laughs> so not fair it but, is you know it. but we're awesome you know in many many other ways so you know we kind of went out I guess <laughs> absolutely absolutely we are awesome in many many other ways and they uh cannot live without us oh it's true that is true <laughs> I need a couple of them in my life as well <laughs> They can't oh, live gosh. without us. Sometimes they may mm-hmm. not want to live with us, but they cannot live without us. <laughs> <laughs> that is so true. A hundred percent. Absolutely. Oh, so what else? Is there anything else like before we get ready to go? But is there anything maybe now that COVID is not over, we're still kind of in a pandemic here, but is there anything that you learned maybe through last year that this year you are going to like move forward with now that they're starting to open the world back up again, you know, hopefully increasing more bike rides and um, yeah. Any, anything that, you know, 
No, I don't, I don't, I won't say per se, it's uh, anything new that I've learned. Uh, even so relative to COVID last year, I was, of course, you know, one year ago, what do we made now? One year ago, we we're all scared to death. It's like, oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. So uh, then I was doing only solo rides. And yeah. then my riding partner, Tony came back. He was in Florida for like four months. He came back and then we just did the two of us through June. And then I started up the group rides in July. And uh, I would, I would suggest you know, even if you're riding this year, always have your mask with you just in case, because now we're on this honor system. You know, Mm -hmm. you don't have to wear a mask if you've been vaccinated, but you do need to wear a mask if you uh, have not been. And, you know, some of those people who have not been vaccinated didn't want to wear a mask anyway. So now to believe that they're actually going to wear a mask is really just ludicrous. But uh, anyhow, um, you know, have your mask handy, uh, enjoy yourself, have fun. Um, you know, if you're out riding and, you know, the wind is blowing, you don't need to have your mask on. Uh, mm-hmm. Or, you know, when we come, when we came to stoplights last year, and I'll still do that this year, I'll just ask people, you know, to have their mask handy. Mm-hmm. Um, so do have fun, you know, make it fun. It shouldn't be work. Uh, and right. for anybody out there, if you don't have anybody to ride with, do what I did. Just ask a couple of friends, say, hey, ask some people in mm-hmm. your neighborhood. Right. You know, do you want to ride, you know, or if I let's ride once or let's ride three times a week, even if it's it's for half an hour or so, even if it's just around the neighborhood. So you can start small, definitely start small. And, um, and you know what other people are going to see you riding in the neighborhood and then they're going to want to come and other people are going to want to come. So anybody can start their own group, uh, especially now that we're still in the midst of COVID, but people really don't want to go into gyms. You know, nobody's going to want to go to a spin class. Who Mm -hmm. wants to go to a spin class right now? It'll be a long time. I don't know (laughs) if I'll ever, I don't know if I'll ever go back to a spin class. So Mm -hmm. I guess, yeah, the one, right, exactly, Mm -hmm. indoor spin class. So one thing that uh, probably that I learned is that um, start your own, start your own cycling group, get together with people in your neighborhood, you know, ride yeah. around the neighborhood or if there's a bike path or something, because it's out, it's outdoors, you know, it's safe. Mm-hmm. If they want to have their mask handy, that's fine. Uh, but for the most part, you know, it's outdoors and it's May now. So we're going to have a good four or five, six months, you know, depending on where you are, yeah. especially in the Northeast, uh, May, mm-hmm. June, July, August, September, October. Uh, if you're listening to this outside of the Northeast, you're going to have even longer times to uh, ride outdoors. Yeah. And yeah. And that's great advice because oftentimes I just walk up to people. I remember I I met a guy in in the bike shop and and we were like, oh, what are you doing? We're like, run a ride. Yeah, let's go. You know, so we just left the shop and went off riding. Um, And then, like you say, when I was driving, you know, and I I saw someone with a nice kid, I was like, oh, hey, do you ride with a group? You know, just to because I was trying to get familiar with the neighborhood. I was trying to get familiar with New York and get to know people and meet people. So yeah, it worked for me, reaching out, asking and joining rides, you know? Yep. And that's a great tip, Mimi. And that's another mm-hmm. tip that I did not mention earlier is mm-hmm. go to your local bike shop, your uh, LBS, as we call it, your local bike shop, become their friends. Mm-hmm. You know, they're re- usually I have not met a bike shop owner or a bike shop that I did not like, you know, mm-hmm. they love cycling just as much as you do. And maybe just ask them, you know, or uh, are there any beginners who've come in or anybody who's come in who may be looking for a riding partner? Or, you know, don't be shy. Are there any people of color who've come in Mm -hmm. who are looking for a riding partner? Or here's my information, you know, send them my information or, uh, you know, let them know that I'm I'm also want to start a group or maybe just want to (laughs) organize some rides. And then you can ask the bike shop 
do they lead or organize group rides where you do not get dropped? And that is key. Oh, that's important. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Because some people, some people are very official and they're very fast and you need to keep up with them or bye bye. Right. right. And then there's other more casual that will still push you and still encourage you, but you know, we'll make sure that you're not like uh, left behind. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, don't leave them. Don't, we don't leave a, a, a man behind, right? You know, no, so no man left behind. <laughs> that's right. Even if you're like two hours late, you know, like, okay, we just want to make sure you get in, make sure you're okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would just encourage people just to get out, have fun. And, uh, you know, and your kids, if you got kids out, get them into riding, you know, get them, they make sure they have helmets. Mm-hmm. They should have every everybody should have a helmet. Everybody should have their helmet. Yeah, everybody. Yeah. yeah, we should. We did not talk about safety. Everybody should have yeah. a helmet. Everyone, mm-hmm. because you know, everyone says, "Oh, it's not going to happen to me. I'm not going to fall." A fall happens in a nanosecond, easily. Mm-hmm. A fall happens in a nanosecond, and even before you can say one, two, three, before you can catch yourself, it happens. And right. uh, I've had a couple of friends who said, "You know, thank God I had a helmet on." Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it saved and it saved their life. It saved their yeah. life. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you, Melanie, yeah. for the good words of advice and for Absolutely. joining us today. Absolutely. Yeah. Happy to come oh. back anytime. Uh, if anyone yeah. wants to reach me, uh, you can reach me on Twitter. I'm at Melanie Morris mm-hmm. TV on Twitter. If you have any questions, any cycling questions, uh, yeah. if you're in the Boston area, just uh, at Melanie Morris TV and I'll add you to my cycling list. Mm-hmm. I know. And then next time we'll also have to talk about, you know, the, the TV part, like the voices and the, ooh and the, ah, and I'm like, oh, and the reading and, ooh, I'm like, yes, let's hear that voice some more. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, good. Well, Mimi, thank you so much for inviting me on today. This mm-hmm. has been a pleasure. I always want to talk about cycling. So whenever you want to mm-hmm. talk about more cycling, by all means, feel free to reach out to me. Okay. Will do. Thank you so much. Alrighty. Thanks. All right, podcasters, that's another show we have for you all. And I hope you all enjoyed yourself. And thanks again to Melanie for joining us and giving us some good tips and some stories about biking and cycling. Uh, Whether you're in the city or whether you're outside the city, always good information to know on how to stay safe and how to have fun and how to meet new people. So keep telling your Black stories, keep being yourself and encouraging others. And remember, Improper Mimi, we're here to keep sharing those stories about women at home, work, and play. So wherever you are, you know, we uh, want to encourage and empower you. So have a good night, and we'll talk to you later. Ciao. Yay.